Hey guys, welcome back to Just a Girl and True Crime. Fix my microphone. Um, so welcome, welcome. Sorry, I haven't uploaded in a long time. Um, a lot has happened. Um, everybody was getting over the flu in my house because my six-year-old son decided to give it to everybody. And then I caught it and our three-year-old caught it and then my husband caught it and I was out for like five days barely talk woke up with a sore throat um and everything like that and i do have some exciting news at the end um if you follow the facebook group then you obviously already know um but i'm going to share something with everybody else um so it's one of the reasons why i really haven't podcasted i'm not i was i was just really stressed and i'll explain later but tonight's case, or morning, because it's 12.30 in the morning for me, where I'm at, um, whether it's afternoon, like, morning, early morning for you as well, or, you know, nighttime or whatever, however you are, hope your day is good, hope your next day is good. Um, today's case, we are going to be talking about Oba Chandler, and this one's not going to be super long, and everything like that. Um, we're going to just talk about it. I saw it. I came across it and I wanted to do it. So let's begin. Let me make sure my microphone's still recording um, and everything like that so I can see it because I just wrote this on my. Um, um, I didn't write anything down. I'm actually just on my computer. So where I do all my podcasting, but normally I like to write out my notes. But. I didn't do that today because I wanted to throw this out there. And I had some of it done, but I just wanted to get it out for you guys. Uh, we officially hit 9K plays, which is awesome. So thank you for that. And let's talk about the background a little bit. So Oba um, was born to Oba Chandler Sr. and Margaret Johnson. And he was raised in Cincinnati, Ohio approximately 100 miles from where the Roger, the Rogers family was living. Ch um, Oba, they refer to him as Chandler, but we're going to refer to him as Oba, which I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, he was the fourth out of five children. When he was only 10 years old, his father had actually hung himself in the basement of the family's apartment, which that is probably traumatic enough itself, right? Um, his father's death in June of 1957 affected um, Oba so much that he reportedly jumped into the open grave at the funeral as the grave diggers were covering the coffin with dirt. Oh, shit, I only thought that happened to movies. Um, Oba's um, father... Um, oh, I'm sorry, not Oba's father. Oba... He actually fathered eight children, and the youngest was born in uh, February uh, 1989, between May and September um, of 1991. And at the same time, um, that's when, you know, like the Tampa police investigated the Rogers family triple murder because this murder, this case is about the murders of Joe, Michelle, and Christy Rogers. Um, and actually... Chandler or Oba, um, he was an informant for the U.S. Customs uh, Tampa office, okay? So, he actually had earlier crimes, which is very strange to me that he didn't get caught before. 
but I okay we're really gonna talk about it like now and then we're gonna resurface it um so by the time he was 14 he actually was arrested 20 times while he was a juvenile um as an adult he was charged with a long list of crimes including possession of counterfeit money loitering and prowling burglary kidnapping and armed robbery he was also accused of masturbating while peering inside a woman's window and on another occasion of receiving 21 wigs stolen from a beauty parlor wow in one incident uh oba and an accomplice broke into the home of a florida couple and they held them at gunpoint while they robbed them oba told his accomplice to tie up the man with speaker wire and then took the woman into the bedroom where the accomplice made her strip down to her underwear tied her up and rubbed the barrel of his revolver across her stomach wow wow oh my goodness that's terrible all right so that is um a little bit of oba chandler's life right there i'm surprised he wasn't even like sentenced in the first place like that's very uh it's very crazy all right so um let's get into give me one second okay so that was a little bit about oba chandler like i said and now we're gonna talk a little bit about detail um about joe and her, i mean the rogers family and stuff like that so joe Joanne, or she went by as Joe, was married to a man named Howe, and they owned a dairy farm in Wilshire, Ohio, and they they had two seven they had two daughters, seventeen year old Michelle and fourteen year old Chrissy. On May twenty sixth, in nineteen eighty nine, um, the three women decide they want to go on vacation to Tampa, Florida, and the father couldn't go with them because someone had to watch, I guess, the dairy farm. Um, so they went to Florida, and along the way, they went to visit the Jacksonville Zoo, um, the Kennedy Space Center, and obviously Walt Disney World, because that's a given if you go to Florida. Everybody goes to Walt Disney World. I plan on taking my kids um, when they get old enough. Um, they eventually um, were going home, and now, mind you, they have never been out of the state of Ohio. They've never been on vacation. So everything was basically sorry, was basically new to them and you know they were just like full of excitement and stuff like that. Give me one second. On June 1st, the, um, they ended up wanting to, like, go, they were gonna get, they were getting ready to go home, you know, and the police believe that on June 1st that they actually became lost looking for, like, this hotel, and they happened, I'm gonna have to edit that out, um, they happened into they happened to run into oba chandler right and 
they were like, hey, you know, like, where, do you know where this hotel is? And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 like, I can take you and stuff like that. And they're like, cool. Um, And then he gave them, like, a, he told them, I do this boat tour. And I think it was a blue and white boat. And Joe ended up writing, like, on a piece of paper or whatever that um blue and white boat um so they get into the hotel they eventually find it and i guess they drop all their stuff down and i guess they go on this this boat ride this boat tour that oba said that he does with like people oh okay yep blue and white that's what they believe it is and they say the note was believed that they were lured to their deaths with a promise of an innocent boat ride, which is what happened. So. Let's get to it. Um, There wasn't really much I could find. Sorry, I'm kind of still a little stuffy. This isn't going to be my best podcast, and I apologize. <laughs> Let's see. All right. So. Um, they were last seen at, like, a, we're going to go back, um, alive at the hotel restaurant around 7.30, and that is believed that that's when they boated, or boarded Oba's boat at the dock on the Courtney Campbell Caseway, part of Route 60 between 8.30 and 9 p.m., and that they were, you know, dead by 3 a.m. Oba could have, um... Also, you have used the fact that he was born in Ohio to lure them into, like, basically feeling more connected with them, saying, like, when they were, like, if he made small conversation, was like, you know, where are you guys from? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm from Ohio. And he goes, oh, wow, that's crazy because I'm from Ohio, too, and I'm just out here visiting or whatever. So that's the very possibility. He, um, It's also believed that he knew that the women were not obviously from Florida, as he did recognize the car had Ohio plates since he was, you know, obviously originally from Cincinnati. So he was just trying to make them feel comfortable. Um, whatever he did to these women, he did not cover their eyes, um, which is very sad. And it took them a couple of days to find the bodies. Um... The first body was found, um, I'm not going to say it because I can't stomach it, um, I'll explain later, I'm, I can explain some of it, but I'm not going to explain all of it. Um, so after he killed them, it's just terrible, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, um, Sunshine Skyway over Tampa Bay where the first body was actually found on June 4th in 1989. Um, the woman's bodies were actually floating because Florida is very hot. Um, and he thought the bodies would sink, but you know, they're going to blow and they're going to go, go to the top, right? Um, and they were floating in the Tampa Bay. Um, their hands were bound, um, as well, as well as their feet. And they had concrete, um, blocks tied around their neck and duct tape were over their mouths. And the first body, body, the first body was found floating in, floating when a sailboat was on its way home to Tampa after a trip to Key West, and they just crossed under the Sunshine Skyway. And several people 
on the boat that saw an object in the water. Now, obviously, they probably went up to this and then they found out that this was a body and it was identified as a dead female. The second body that was floating to the north of where the first one had been sighted was two miles off the pier of uh, St. Petersburg. While the Coast Guard went to recover its body, another call came in of yet of a third female seen floating only a couple of hundred yards to the east. Like the first two victims found, this body was face down, bound with rope around her neck, and they were all naked from the waist down. So whatever he did to them, which I'm pretty sure we can all put two and two together, that he sexually, I don't even say sexually, like he raped them and then killed them. And they were all made to watch because they had nothing covering their face. So they probably saw everything happening to everybody. Um, The autopsies did indicate that the three women had been thrown into the water while they were still alive. And this was um, bloistered by water found in their lungs and the fact that Michelle had freed her one arm from her bonds before um, basically drowning. So that was a 17-year-old. Michelle was thereby identified as the second victim that they found in the Tampa Bay that was recovered. And the partially dressed bodies of all three women indicated that the underlying crime was obviously, like I said, what happened to them. The, the blocks were tied around their necks to make sure that they died from either suffocation or drowning to make sure that the bodies were never found. But like I said, they bloated due to decomposition and, you know, they floated to the surface. So he didn't plan on that. So let's talk a little bit about the investigation. Now, the women were not positively identified until a week after their bodies were discovered by which this time they actually had been reported missing in Ohio from obviously the husband and the girl's father, Hal Rogers. A housekeeper at the Days Inn noted that on June 8th that nothing in the room actually had been disturbed and that the beds had not been slept in, so almost like they dropped their stuff in the room and then they left. Um, she, the housekeeper, ended up contacting the general manager, who then contacted the police. Fingerprints matched the bodies, um, were matched to the bodies that were made from those found in the room. Final confirmation, um, of their identification came from their dental records that were sent to the Rogers Dentist in Ohio, and marine researchers at Florida International University studied the currents and patterns and confirmed that the women were tossed from a boat and not from a bridge or dry land. I didn't even know people could do that. And that it happened from anywhere from two to five days before they were found. This confirmed that when the Rogers car, a 1984 Oldsmobile um, with Ohio license plates was found at the boat dock um, on the um, Courtney Campbell Causeway. Now, I don't, I mean, maybe they thought the husband did it, but then when they, I guess they found out, like, nope, I was in Ohio, um, they were like, okay. Now, this case, okay, hold on. Sorry, my, uh, throat, like, dried up and I had to get a drink. Now, 
facts pointed to Chandler's like arrest, but the case actually remained unsolved and cold for over three years, partially due to the volume of tips pouring into the case. I'm sorry, pouring into the police who investigated the crime. Oba was not arrested for the murders until September 24th in 1992. And the reason he was caught was because his handwritten directions on the brochure that was found in their vehicle, along with the description of his boat that was written by Joe on the brochure, were the primary clues that led him to being named as a suspect. Also, authorities had posted a handwriting from the brochure actually on billboards and said that if anybody recognizes his handwriting, you know, please call us. And it was like historic, which was historic as it was used to basically, for the first time, an attempt to find an unknown killer. Now, you might not think that this this would never work. Who's going to recognize handwriting? I can't recognize handwriting. It someone else, my own. Oh, and my three-year-old, because he's a left. I'm not three-year-old. My uh, six-year-old, because he's a lefty. <laughs> um, now, this actually led a tip from a former neighbor who was also able to provide a copy of a work order that Oba had written, and the handwriting analyst conclusively matched the two together. Another neighbor, as well as one of the secretaries on the investigation task force, also thought that Oba resembled the composite sketch of the sus of the suspect in a seemingly related rape case. Um, and I'm gonna talk about that next. And a paw print from the brochure was also matched to Oba over here. Moreover, Oba had sold his boat and left town with his family because he had a family. I think he was married. Um, but I'm not sure. Soon after, the billboards appeared all over the Tampa Bay area. You don't leave unless you're guilty. In 1990, um, so going like two years before he was caught, when the TV show Unsolved Mysteries um, was about to report on the deaths of the Rogers family, Chandler okay, and his then-wife moved from their home on Dalton Avenue in Tampa to Port Orange near Daytona Beach. This is believed to be because Oba felt more worried about being caught because of the upcoming television show about his crime. Now, they theorize um, that there, I'm, I didn't know this until I read this, investigators um, originally theorized that there were two men involved in the murders of the Rogers women. This theory was reflected in the 1990 episode of an American crime television show known as Unsolved Mysteries, which I'm going to find it as soon as I get off here because I don't work today, in which a, a reactment of the crime basically showed like two men leaving the dock with the three women on board, basically would board a boat. This theory, however, was dismissed when Chandler was arrested and other than a claim from a former um, prison cellmate that Chandler said that there was no other man involved whom the cellmate claimed to know that the identity of but would not name. And no evidence has ever surfaced regarding involvement of anyone other than Oba. The second suspect theory is belied by Oba's approach 
of two Canadian women that he, he had the willingness to approach more than one potential target by himself. Now, John Rogers, Paul Rogers' brother, was also seriously considered a suspect, even though he was at state prison at the time. I didn't know this either. John Rogers was, in fact, serving a prison term for the rape of Hall's daughter, Michelle. What the fuck is wrong with this? What the, What is wrong with these people? Um, soon, investigators established that John did not have connections in prison to have done the murders via a hitman or a friend. Um, he was, John was actually released from prison in 2004 and has no further contact with his brother Hall since. I mean, if you tried to contact me, I'm just saying, and you did something to my kid, I probably would try to murder you. I'm just saying. Now, while living in a trailer in Wilshire, John had allegedly lured two teenage girls there and sexually abused them. Subsequently, police investi- police investigation turned up evidence indicating that he had also done the same thing to his niece, Michelle. And the idea that he may have planned the crime was bloistered by the fact that his and Hall's parents had property near Tampa and that he visited the area a month before the murders. So it makes sense why the police thought he was a suspect, because that's a little weird, right? However, he was a general loner with little close ties to even his own family, let alone friends. So such a plan, if there were one, would have been beyond character for him. For this, there was a simple reason that he did not know when his sister-in-law nieces would be there at the time, and he was eventually dismissed as a suspect. Like I said, Hall, the husband and the father of the girls, and Joe's wife, husband, um, he was also considered a suspect because he posted bail for his brother after he knew he abused Michelle. Uh, I would have let him rot. Hall um, eventually later said that he had promised the family to make bail and he said that he would not just go back on a promise. Investigators from Florida to Ohio also found out that Hall Rogers had withdrawn $7,000 from his bank account at the time of the disappearance. When questioned about it, he showed investigators a satchel with most of the money in it. He planned on using it to go and search for his wife and daughters himself before he was notified of their deaths. Oh, that's sweet. Also, subsequently, events investigation conclusively proved that he had never left Ohio during that period, and the rape and the hype around Michelle Rogers by people in the neighborhood and media was one of the reasons why the Florida trip was taken, so Michelle and her sister and her mother could get some distance from the incident. Now, we're going to hop to trial because they eventually was like, Oba, we know it's you, okay? So, let's talk about his testimony. At his trial in um, Clearwater, Florida, courtroom, Oba admitted that he did meet the women and he did give them directions, but he did claim that he never saw them again, except in the newspaper and on the billboards. Yet he never came forward to tell authorities that he had seen these women. He acknowledged that he was at Tampa Bay, or he was on the Tampa Bay that night, a fact that he could not deny since the police have 
had evidence of three ship-to-shore phone calls made from his boat to his home during the time frame of the murders. But he said, I can explain that I was actually fishing alone. He explained that he returned home late because the engine would not start, which attributed to a gas line leak he claimed to have found um, near dawn. He also claimed that he called the Coast Guard and the Florida Marine Patrol, but they were busy elsewhere. Okay. Um, he then said he finally, um, finally he claimed he flagged down the Coast Guard patrol boat, but they were busy and promised, you know, that they were going to send help. Then he claimed that he had fixed the line with duct tape, which allowed him to make it back to shore safely. His testimony was quick refuted by the uh, Pinellas County Prosecutor Doug, um, Douglas Crow, who verbally sparred with Oba to demonstrate that he lied about everything. All Oba could muster in response to the prosecutor's repeated questions was, quote, I don't remember. Um, this defense won him a few sympathizers on the jury that quickly saw through his facade and the inconsistencies of his statements. Moreover, there were no records of distress calls from Oba that night to either the Coast Guard or the Marine Patrol, nor were there any Coast Guard boats on the bay the following morning to help him. The boat mechanic testified for the prosecution that Chandler's explanation for repairing the boat's alleged gas leak could not have happened as he portrayed it. Chandler's boat a bay liner had a distinctive engine in which the fuel lines were directed upward. A leak would have sprayed fuel into the air, not into the boat, and the corrosive gas line would have eaten away at the adhesive properties of the duct tape and Oba claimed to you that Oba claimed to use during the repair um to basically repair the leak. All right, so now let's talk about some witnesses. Um, another lead was um, on May 15th in 1989, two weeks prior to the Roger murders. Chandler lured Canadian tourist Judy Blair, this is the lady I'm going to talk about, onto his boat, um, and I think it was supposed to be, yep, okay, onto her boat um, in a nearby um, like beach. He ended up raping her and then dropped her off back on land. Now, Judy made her way back to the hotel room where her friend Barbara was waiting. Um, I think he tried to get them to go together, and Barbara was like, nope, not going. So Judy was like, okay, I'll go. Nothing's going to happen. Now, he was not charged for, he was not charged or tried for this crime. It is thought that he did not murder her because um, Barbara actually refused his offer to join them on the boat and this is a decision which more likely um saved both of their lives because you know if he went to kill judy barbara can be like no she was with this guy here's a description and she never came back so maybe he thought i have to keep her alive and i'll just unfortunately do those terrible things and then just send her back which that's fucked up but i mean she lived, which is great. And hopefully Judy can move past this. 
Um, as this as this resulted, Judy actually testified at his trial for the murders to establish his pattern of attacks and the similarities between the two crimes. She testified that on May 14th, Oba gave his name because he went by um, aliases as David Poser or Posno when the three first met at a convenience store in Tampa. Presumably, he gave the same um, aliases to the Rogers, and he told Judy and Barbara that he was an aluminum contra- in an aluminum contracting business, which helped lead investigators lead investigators uh, to him, as well as naming of the investigation to capture him, Operation Tin Man. The description that Judy gave was also posted on the billboards along with the handwriting samples. Additionally, a former employee of Obus testified that he actually began or he began to brag of dating three women that night on the bay and the next morning he arrived and delivered materials for a job by a boat and immediately set out again, presumably to make sure his victims were dead. In an attempt to establish Oba's whereabouts on the night of the murders, investigators found a phone, found phone records of several um, Radio Marine telephone calls from his boat to his home between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. These likely were an attempt to explain to his wife his absence as well as to provide himself an alibi for his whereabouts at the time of these murders. Also, his own daughter named... Um, Crystal Mace, who actually testified against her father, saying that he talked about killing three women and that he was afraid of going back to Tampa. A maid who also worked in the motel um, where the women were staying, she also testified that she walked past Oba Chandler as she was going to the Rogers room for room service on July 1st, implying that she that it seemed as if Chandler had just left the women's hotel room around 1230 that afternoon. The maid said she didn't realize the important this basically importance of the sighting until his arrest in nineteen ninety two, although the sighting was never has never been confirmed. Hall um and Michelle's boyfriend also took the stand during trial. Hall identified the woman and talked about his emotions on June first and the boyfriend t- um told about a phone conversation with Michelle. So, those are the witnesses. Um, sentenced in aftermath, Joe, Michelle, and Christy were um, finally buried in their hometown on June 13th in 1989 after a funeral service of the Zion Lutheran Church. About 300 people, uh, among them family and friends of the victims, attended the service. Because of the huge media interest for the case, numerous police officers were present to keep all news media and crews out of the church during the funeral service. Chandler was eventually tried and he was found guilty of the murders and he was sentenced to death. And he actually was sentenced to death on November 4th in 1994. After sentencing the jury for woman commented regarding the death sentence that they need to do this swiftly. This man is a mutation of a human being. And he needs to be destroyed. I couldn't have said it better to my, better myself, uh, Miss Foreman. Um, while he remained on Florida's um, death row, he maintained his innocence like they all do. And he continued to pursue legal appeals. He admitted um, the beach accident with Judy 
um, incidents, but he claims that the sex was consensual and that the victim had changed her mind during the act. In his words, was not possible for him to do. Chandler, like I said, was never prosecuted in the rape of Judy Blair since he had already been sentenced to the death um, for the fam- Rogers family. Prosecutors did not want to subject Judy to the emotional trauma of a rape trial. He continued to claim that he never met the Rogers. And um, after that morning, after that morning when he gave them directions to the hotel, he served his sentence at Union Correctional Institution. Shortly after the trial and conviction, his wife, Deborah Chandler, she filed for a divorce. And the marriage was formally dissolved a year later. Chandler was no longer allowed to see his daughter Whitney in accordance with his ex-wife's wishes. He was not allowed to see um, current photos of Whitney either. In July 2008, it was revealed that Chandler was on Florida's uh, short list of execution. Profiting experts believe that Chandler may have died previously based on the speculation that a first-time killer would not be experienced or bold enough to abduct and kill three women at once. Chandler remains a suspect in 1982, murder of a woman found floating off Anna Marie Island. However, he was never charged with this with these murders either. Um, Chandler received an institutional adjustment disciplinary report on December 15th in 2001 for disobeying orders in prison. All of Chandler's appeals since his 1994 conviction were denied. The last one was on May in 2007. After his conviction, Chandler was named by media as the floor as one of the Florida's most notorious criminals. Chandler said that said that his last words before his execution would be, quote, "Kiss my rosy red ass." I mean, I got to give him to him. That's one hell of an execution line, all right? Um, in May 2011, comparison was drawn between the murder case of the upcoming trial of Casey Anthony and Chandler's case and trial in 1994. As in both cases were heightened media attention, forced the jurors to be selected from outside the county of the committed crime. We've covered Casey Anthony. You know how her case was. You know how she fucking somehow got off with killing her daughter. Don't know how. But she did. And obviously Obla Chandler's case was talked about as well so they couldn't have it. Wasn't, um, what the fuck's his name? Wasn't Scott Peterson's case had to be moved to a different county too because of all of the publicity and stuff? And his family was like, we want him to get a fair trial. I think so. All right. Um, one of the jurors in Oba's 1994 trial identified as Roseanne Welton also commented in an interview that the people that he murdered did not have a choice of when they were going to die. He, as in Oba Chandler, should have the, have had the death penalty by now. He scared some of the jurors when he would sit there and stare at you and have that stupid grin on his face and he would make your skin crawl. Okay, well, we finally got to execution day where he finally was executed on October 10th in 2011. Florida Governor Rick Scott signed a death warrant for Oba Chandler. And his execution date was uh, November 15th, 2011 at 4 p.m. 
the death warrant was signed um, the day before his 65th birthday. His lawyer, Baya Harrison, said that Chandler asked him not to file any um, crazy appeals to keep him alive. He is not putting a lot of pressure on me to make me, to make, he, I'm sorry, he is not putting a lot of pressure on me to go running around the end to find some magic way out, said his lawyer. He is not going to make a scene. He is not going to, like, fight the legal system. What he has told me is this. If there is someone, if there is some legal way that I can find to, to try to prevent him from being executed, he would like me to. Do what I reasonably can. Harrison also said that Oba suffered from high blood pressure and um, he had um, artery disease and he had problems with his kidneys and he had arthritis. On October 12, 2011, Harrison said that although he was preparing to file a motion regarding the violation of his client's 5th and 14th Amendment rights in the case, he was unsure that Chandler was willing to make the trip to Clearwater for the court hearing or even would like or even agree to the filing the motion. Um, his lawyer said that he hates coming down to clear water. He doesn't like the ride. He's not well, his lawyer said. And then his lawyer also said he doesn't like to come out of this cell. And that he also doesn't like to be disturbed. Um, on October eighteenth, that same year, his lawyer filed a motion against the execution on the grounds that the way Florida imposes the death sen- the death penalty was unconstitutional. According to the motion filed, a jury makes a recommendation on life or death, but Florida law gives the judge the final say. A hearing on Chandler's motion was set for October 21st at 1 p.m., and he didn't attend the hearing in Clearwater, Florida, and on October 24th, his appeal was rejected because he had already filed an appeal to the Florida Supreme Court prior to their decision. This appeal was heard in a court at Tallahassee at 9 a.m. on November 9th in 2011, and the Florida Supreme Court already held, already upheld Oba's Chandler's death sentence twice, once in 1997 and then again in 2003. When does this fucker die? Oh, okay. On November 15th, um, you know, you get the last meal. You get to choose it. Um, Chandler, he chose his last meal, and it consisted of two salami sandwiches on white bread, one peanut butter sandwich on white bread, and an iced tea. The execution process started at 4.08 p.m., and at approximately 4.25 p.m., Chandler was pronounced dead after receiving a lethal injection at the Florida State Prison in Raffer... Rafford, Florida. Chandler declined to make a last statement before being executed. Hal Rogers, the husband and father of the victims, attended the execution. Former St. Petersburg homicide detective Sandra Leedy, who was inve- who investigated the case, said in a press conference that I'm glad there's finally an end to this. He don't he doesn't deserve to live. He needs to die. Governor Rick Scott commented on his decision to sign the death warrant he oba chandler killed three women so i look through different cases and i'm and it made sense to do that one there's never one thing it was the right thing it was the right case 
Now, um, media concerning the case, the Discovery Channel devoted a one-hour episode concerning the murder of the Rogers family, um, the Tin Man, and the other series on their series scene of the crime. The case was one in three of an episodes of Discovery um, series Forensic Detectives. The former focused on the underlying events of the crime, while the latter focused on the forensic evidence. In 1997, a series of articles entitled Angels and Demons, written by Thomas French, was published in the St. Petersburg Times newspaper. The series told the stories of the murders that captured it, captured in conviction of Oba Chandler and the impact of the crimes on the Rogers family and community in Ohio, most notably their their husband and father, Hal Rogers. Those articles won a 1998 Pudsler Prize for feature, for feature writing. Um, Death Cruise by author Don Davis also covered the case. The Rogers murders were featured in an episode like we all know as Unsolved Mysteries in 1990, while it was speculated that there were two attackers. Um, the book Bodies in the Bay by Mason Ramsey is a fictional adaptation copyrighted in 1997, and it was published in 2000. The case was also featured in a 1999 episode, Cold Case Files on A&E, entitled Bodies in the Bay, which was focused on the evidence, but did not... Um, go too deeply into the background of the murders. In 1995, Obla Chandler, some part of his family, and also Hal Rogers appeared in a special episode of the Maury Povich show featuring the case. Chandler commented on the case via satellite link. Chandler's case was also brought up in an hour, a full hour episode of Crime Stories. The case was also shown on an episode of Forensic Files enti um, entitled Waterlogged in December 2010. Wow. Um, all my research I got from Murderpedia. Um, it was um, very rough. Um, it's sad that three women had to lose their lives. And it was sad that another woman was raped. And everything like that. I'm glad they finally caught him. I'm glad he finally died. I mean, it took a long time, but, you know. They finally killed him. Um. I mean, you know, everybody always, uh. Claims their innocence, uh, and stuff like that. Um, I think they did ask, like, his one of his daughters, like you believe like he could have did this and they were like yeah we definitely i could definitely see him doing it which you know i mean i hope how was like able how and michelle's boyfriend were able to you know come to terms or like as best as they could basically and they were they at least they were able to get peace and you know hopefully they have each other but let me tell you guys, um, uh, one, I've been really busy. Um, I'm in the middle of actually, and I might do now since I'm not tired because my sleep schedule is all messed up. Um, I'm in the middle of revamping a case. Like I said, I was going to do, um, 
so I'm just going through all my notes, and that's gonna take a little bit because I'm not even remotely close. Um, but like I said, if you follow the Facebook group, um, you already know my news. Um, I am seven weeks pregnant with our third baby, uh, baby H, as we'll call. I call her a her, but we don't know. <laughs> Obviously, you don't know the sex. Um, but we hit seven weeks. <clears throat> um, today. Um, a lot of things like I wanted to upload like a couple Thursdays ago, but we didn't get the good news. And like the place I went to like confirm pregnancy, um, they were like, you know, we don't see a baby. Um, and they talked to me about a miscarriage and the ectopic pregnancy, and I was supposed to go to work that day. And it just, like, mentally, like, fucked with my mind. And then they finally were like, oh, well, you might just be too early. Like, I'm sorry. I guess you should have just started with that. So I couldn't go to work. And I was stressed out for, like, two weeks and everything. I called my OB and I told them everything. Had me come in and test my HCG levels, at, like, that Friday. And then they had me back that Monday to make sure they were rising, which they were rising. And everything like that. Last Thursday, I went to the doctor, which makes sense because I was like four weeks pregnant when I we were four weeks pregnant when we found out. So, which makes sense they didn't see anything on the sonogram or like the ultrasound. Um, we went to the OB last week, and they were like, "All right, you're like six weeks in one day." So today, I'm seven weeks. We got thirty three weeks to go. Baby H is size of a blueberry. Um. I haven't had any morning sickness, and we're really hoping for a girl because we have two boys. <laughs> and they're excited. We're finally excited. I've, I've been excited. My husband is finally excited because he's like, ah, oh, I don't know if I want any more kids. <laughs> um, This one was definitely a, shock, a shocker <laughs> to us, needless to say. Um, But I go tomorrow because they want to make sure the baby's growing okay, Um, and they'll be able to see, like, a little bit more. They saw, like, they saw... Um, they saw the baby, but they're like, all right, we just want to make sure the baby's growing since it was only six weeks in a day. Um, due date is February 15th, 2023. My second son is February 6th. So I don't know what is with me and having like my oldest son and I are, um, 11 days apart. And if this baby comes on their due date on February 15th, my son is the sixth. They'll be like nine days apart, which is crazy. So, I was super excited. Baby H is growing pretty, he or she is going pretty well. Um, I haven't had any morning sickness, so that's, you know, a plus. That makes me very hopeful that it's a girl. <laughs> and I'm breaking out like crazy, and I just tell my job, I'm like, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. Um, Funny story. Um, I told my coworkers and, like, my friends before I told my husband because I was petrified to tell him, okay? I actually told my husband, I took the pregnancy test, I put it in a Ziploc baggie, and I took it to work with me, so if he, like, if one of my kids, like, got into where under my sink was, and they brought it out, um, I didn't want them to show their dad, so I took it to work with me, um, and then I video chatted him on my lunch, because I work at Trader Joe's, and I was like, I texted him, I said, hey, are you busy, um, and then can we video chat? And he's like, all right. I was like, so I have something to tell you. And he's like, okay. And I was like, so um, you remember like how I didn't get, you know, like my monthly? 
and like I took tests like two weeks prior and they were negative so we were like okay we thought we were in the clear but I was like my period was like clockwork not that you guys want to hear about this but I want to share this with y'all you're like my second family um I ended up telling him I'm like uh so test came back and it's positive and we're gonna have another baby and he got quiet and I'm like um hello and then I sent him a picture and he was like no and I'm like yeah we're gonna have a baby <laughs> so we call the baby uh little bean or bean or baby h um so yeah life's about to get crazy with another baby to the mix uh three kids um my our oldest wants a, another brother and our youngest wants a girl uh and we want a girl so <laughs> our oldest is kind of outnumbered um but you know we'll love the baby i'll obviously love the baby either way um but we're really hoping for a girl and then i told my husband i said we ain't having no more like i'm done i don't i don't want any more <laughs> more kids after this um but baby baby's growing and stuff like that so we will definitely keep you updated on the journey so just <laughs> please bear with me if i don't I don't get to you right away. My the only thing that really hits me, um, is I get tired so easily. So there's days like when I wanted to post, like I came home and like I went right to sleep, and I was like, oh my god, oh my goodness, these I'm gonna lose listeners. They're gonna think like uh, heaven is the terrible, the worst podcaster in the world. She doesn't upload. <laughs> she doesn't upload <laughs> for one. <laughs> and like, what's going on with her situation? So I was sick, and then we found out I was pregnant. And then I was stressed for two weeks because of other things that were going on with the pregnancy that I didn't experience with the other two boys. And then I went to the OB and they were like, it's okay. We're just going to have you come back next week to make sure. And they're like, you know, if you have any like bleeding or anything, um, call us because I have O negative blood. So I have rare blood. My two boys have my blood type and with my pregnancy, I have to get the Rogam shot every pregnancy because that's just how it is. Um, so I was stressed for two weeks, but after that ultrasound, like I really haven't been stressed. I'm just really tired. Um, I already have names, but we're not gonna not gonna announce any names because I don't like people taking my baby names. And you guys know I don't obviously share my kids. I don't think I've said my kids' names. On the podcast, I just say <laughs> they're boys and their ages. So that's it. But that's Oba Chandler. That's my news. Um, what else? Can I just talk about? Oh, you can um write me an email if you choose at uh just a girl in true crime at gmail dot com. You can follow the TikTok account at Heaven's Crime or Heaven's True Crime. You can uh, give us a like on Instagram at uh, Just a Girl in True Crime. You can like the Facebook page at uh, Just a Girl in True Crime. If I said Instagram, Heaven's True Crime, it's Just a Girl in True Crime. What else? Uh, you can follow the YouTube at Just a Girl in True Crime as well. You can subscribe to that. Um, I think I got everything. Um, Yeah. I'm probably going to revamp this case, and I'm going to do something like that's why I said I can't really talk about, like, gruesome things, because I don't have morning sickness. 
Um, I just get really queasy a lot, like nauseous. My ladies will understand. <laughs> my men are gonna be like, "Oh my god, I don't understand why she's talking about this podcast." But I wanted to share it with you guys because I love you so freaking much. Um, but it's one almost one thirty here, and um, I'm not gonna want to get up in the morning. Um, my kids want to go to the park, so I'm gonna take them to the park. To take them to the park today. <sighs> and my husband would get me up in like six hours. Like, baby, gotta get up. And I'd be like, I don't know how I'm gonna function because not. I don't drink coffee. Um, but that's it, guys. Um, uh, maybe we'll do a lighter case. Maybe I'll do um, maybe we'll do an Ermin Legend or something. Oh, let's talk about theories. Let's talk about some theories because I have some great theories or conspiracy theories, I guess you can say. Um, which I found very interesting. So we'll see. But that's it. Um, and I love you guys so much. Uh, please come back <laughs> because I'm so sorry. <laughs> Ouch. My glasses hit my microphone. Um, I'm sorry I haven't uploaded, but that's why. So, I'm going to get out, type all this up, and it's going to be uploaded. And I hope you guys have a great morning, a great day. Um, We're almost in July. Can you believe that? We have, like, two more days. We got today and tomorrow. Wait, is there only 30? Is there 30 days in July? I think there is. Let me double check. Yeah, 30 days in July. Um, That's it. Um, I should have one up before the 4th of July, for sure, as long as everything's okay. Um, it's my OB, I have an OB appointment tomorrow, so we're excited about that. Um, and as long as everything goes good with that, we're gonna be good. Um, but it should be uploaded before the 4th of July. Um, and if it's not for some reason because of crap that happens, I hope you have a good 4th of July. Please be safe. Don't do anything stupid. Enjoy time with your families. Love one another. And let's, you know, think about all the people who have lost oh, lost their lives. I want to mention this one thing. I don't know if you guys know about her on TikTok, if you've seen her on Facebook. Uh, Mama Tot or her uh, TikTok is uh, ShoeLover99. Her son was tragically killed. I'm not going to do a case about that anytime soon where I would like to love and respect her. I follow her on TikTok even before I started my podcast. Um, She's so sweet and I'd love to meet her one day. Um, But let's just pray for her and her family and uh, Randon and everything like that. And it's so sad. Um. And let's just hope that they get through this hard time. Um, And, you know, I think we should just try to do better and love each other and not kill people because you just want to or you felt like you have to. Um, Parents should never have to bury their children. I fully believe that. Um, As bad as it is, I want my kids to bury me because that's how it should be i should not outlive my kids my kids should outlive me um the same with anybody who has lost um who has lost a kid and they had to bury and put them in the ground which is heartbreaking but i'm very emotional about it and i wanted to bring that up um so just be nice and be kind to everybody 
and love love one another the way you would want to be loved and stuff like that but guys i'm gonna head out here and i'm gonna go watch some tv and i might eat some cheese it's i don't know goldfish cheesecake Mm. i'll figure it out um but that's it because i'm gonna end this podcast because i'm just ranting i love you guys and i'll talk to you guys in my next one bye Woo! good podcast